0: You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, hosted by Dr. Heidi. Dr. Heidi has been exactly where you are right now. She's walked through the fire of toxic relationships and has now dedicated her life to help others do the same. Living in a toxic environment can cause the damaging behaviors of others to become normal, leaving you feeling hopeless and desperate. Learning how to recognize the toxic traits and understand why they occur is the key to taking your power back. Now is the time for you to gain your self-worth because you're worth it. Discover who you really are because you're awesome and realize it's not normal. It's Toxic.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, rid your life of toxic people. This is Dr. Heidi, your host. I am back. I know I know you're waiting for a new episode. And you all know that I have taken some time for myself this summer. I will be back. I've got a reset date beginning of October. Um, And we will be back to one podcast a week. So for those of you who've been going, where is she at? I'm coming back after voting season, I promise. Um, I have got a lot of messages lately from listeners and people just telling me the good stuff. Um, They're not necessarily asking me for things. They're just just reporting that I've made some changes and I wanted to tell somebody. I love hearing from listeners. So um, if you're one of the ones that has written into me, thank you. If you have good news, Send me a message through Instagram or through Facebook because I love, I love, love, love hearing from you. Today on the podcast, um, I want to welcome Laura. Hello, Laura, are you there? I'm, I'm here. <laughs> um, and I am going to actually let her tell you a little bit about, about, tell us a little bit about yourself. Just introduce yourself and what you do. Well, my name is Laura, Laura Bly,
2: and I am in New York State, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor. Um, At this point, I'm doing teletherapy exclusively since, uh, you know, since COVID. Um, And I find myself uh, drawn, you know, more and more to this field of working with people who have been through, um, you know, abusive relationships. Um, And uh, I think people are becoming, well, people are becoming more educated by podcasts like yours and such about it. and um as 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 uh, did I. <laughs> yes,
1: I was just gonna say, how did you find me? You found me through the podcast, correct? Oh yes, yes,
2: yes. You know how we poke around, right? Yes. Well we I go down talking- different, different rabbit
1: holes and, and all of that. So um I was poking around last night through podcasts, actually. Um so you just said that in your work you find yourself gravitating towards um those that have been harmed by like the personality disorder type personality. Um, probably like me. Now you and I have talked a little bit, um, so I know some of your story. But it's probably because, like me, you've you've been down that road. Oh yeah. So yes. you know, going through it keeps us very accountable to our work, but it also keeps us very accountable to our truth. And when we can say we've been there, it makes a huge difference when somebody wants to put their trust in someone. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, the relationships that you were in. And how that has affected what you do and how you do it now.
2: So I, I I'm sixty I'm sixty four years old now. Almost forgot my age, but at any rate, that's okay. <laughs> I forgot mine long before, long ago. So you know, I, I I guess if I if I'm going back to the beginning, but very briefly. So I was I was married very young when I was eighteen for the first time. And he was not narcissistic um, in the least, um, but he was, um, he had a narcissistic father and he was a a victim and he was um, an alcoholic and he was um, completely shame based. And so that marriage did not work out because. You know, I just, I I could not stay in a situation with, um, you know, with that going on. It was very, very, very sad, very amicable, um, very, very sad. And of course I, and I was drawn to that because my upbringing, my life as a, you know, a child, my father was an alcoholic. And um, so, you know, how that goes, right? And, um, but I was also drawn to him at that time, I think, because I was looking for safety and um, kindness. And um, he was, he was, he did, he was, he was kind and encouraged me. Um, After that, uh, I married for a second time. And uh, this time was um, the father of my two children. and I, he was, uh, I, I, I would say he had a lot of narcissistic traits, okay, would I, diag- I, I can't diagnose anybody now anyway, but I, I, a lot of narcissistic traits. I was classic co- codependent. Uh, at that point in my life, I didn't know, I was very, I would, I would say I was a, a uh, a late bloomer. I I think from what I went through in childhood, I was kind of um, almost like um, maybe a form of PTSD. Like I lived in a bit of a fog. I had a hard time even writing out a personal check. I didn't know how to do much of anything for myself. Uh, you know, um, I had dropped out of high school. I uh, wasn't able to go to college because I was went through such depression and you know low self esteem. Uh, inclination to self-harm, uh, a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I went into therapy fairly early and I was always trying to, you know, I, I always saw things outside of myself that I felt, wait a minute, this person has something to offer. And I would, and I, and I paid attention. I always kept up. I got my GED. I, I knew I wanted to do something. Um, anyway, so my, my, my second husband was, I would say, you know, you know, a lot of narcissistic traits and I lived for years in a marriage of, um, you know, definitely not respecting my boundaries in many arenas, in many arenas. Can
1: I, can I ask you um, how many years were you married?
2: So, um, hmm, got married in 1991. Um, and left in t- 2015. So, um, so, 24
1: years, 23 or 24 years.
2: Yes. And technically, I, yes, not, not divorced now because he's much older than I am. He's in his late 80s. And because of medical things and such, I have, we have kept things that way in case mm-hmm. he needs in, he's been very ill in case I need to do anything for him. And,
1: um, so, but we've been separated since 2015. And um, I think the only reason I asked that is I, you know, some of our listeners have been married a long time. And when you put that much time and energy into a relationship and into someone else, it, the guilt around leaving or getting out or changing the dynamic, the guilt, the guilt almost outweighs the thought of the possibility of having anything better. So that's why I wanted the listeners to know actually how long you were in that. Uh, cause, cause that's a long time.
2: So in, in my mind, I, I stayed because you know, here we go back to codependency and sort of what you're talking about guilt. I had two, you know, two, uh, children, uh they were they were they were they were grown but um i felt at that point in my life well i because i was used to it i can deal with the pain i can put up with this he's probably i i I was waiting for him i didn't want him to die but i was like well how long can he live right And he okay and i thought because if he passes and i haven't left him i'll spare him the pain okay so well so finally, in two thousand fifteen, um, uh, I I did decide to leave, um, and and as a result, I got a my my eldest child, my son, was extremely angry with me, um, and it when I knew this was going to happen, but I knew I had to, I had to do something because I did not want to live the rest of my life. Uh, it, within those, you know, the, those circumstances. I tried for a long, long time. It's one of those mm-hmm. things you have conversations and conversations and conversations and, you know, I'll change. I know I need to change. I'm going to do this. And it goes back. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know that I felt guilt at the time I left with respect to him, but it was very rough going with respect to my, my son for a while.
1: Yes, um, I'm sure. So, you know, I didn't know that much about your upbringing. So clearly, you know, what what we feel sometimes is making us weak is actually making us stronger. But we don't we don't see that until we're out and we can look backwards, you know, and and so you're you're definitely a fighter. You're a survivor, you know, because you just kept going and going and going, even if you didn't have a, a direct path, you you definitely kept going. So I, think I know.
2: It- go ahead. I, I think by nature, I'm a, I'm a, I, I'm a, I don't know if I want to call it an optimist, but somebody who really, um, you know, is a, I used to refer to myself, I may be depressed, but I'm a, but I'm an optimistic depre- depressed, 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 right. you know, I'm not a negative thinker. That's, that's, that's what I'm
1: trying to, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Yes. You're like a silver lining searcher. Yes. I think that's, that's kind of how I am too. and oh. And some people will say, Dr. Heidi, you can, you can find something positive in anything. Well, if I wouldn't have been able to do that, I don't know where I would be today if I didn't think like that. Um, now, I know where you're at right now, like with your work and stuff you, you and with your healing, you really like to focus on the moving forward and the moving on and what's, what's in the future. Um, how, how Can you tell us about uh, some of the things that you had to push through to get to where you are now?
2: Well, after I left, um, my, my, my husband was when I actually had the relationship with the person that was um, the most, it was the most destructive. Well, you know, it's funny, Heidi, I say destructive. Okay. It was the most painful um, experience I went through, uh, uh, you know, uh, up till then. I would, it, it was, it, 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 this person uh, made up history, you know, um, lied about, he, he just lied about many things. He, you know, he did uh, silent treatments. He did, you know, the future faking. He did, um, oh, I, I can't even, it, it, it just goes on and on and on. And I became uh, what I would call actually um, addicted, you know, addicted to him. And, um, with that, um, you know, you've heard of that where the, the, um, Stockholm syndrome, uh-huh. right. Where you get, you get periods of really, really like he, in the beginning, it was that love bombing. It was that, you know, really, really deep, um, um, intense, uh, listening, paying attention. And I had just come out of, you know, the marital relationship and was, this person was just, you know, listening to me and listening to me and listening to me. So when the, as they say, the mask came off, I was stuck on the original, right? Mm-hmm. And this went on for six years. Um, it was, I mean, with me, with me, uh, include, including him leaving the state and not telling me. And then I still, I still, I still pursued. So I I was at an
1: all time low one point where I considered suicide. Um, well, and, and, you know, Laura, we take it upon ourselves that we have to fix something about ourselves in order for the person from the beginning to show back up.
2: Yes. So the whole the whole thing that I have that I have come to a complete understanding of, and I, I can't apply it to everyone, but I, I'm almost going to take that leap and say, I believe that it goes for everyone. Um, is that the wounds, what, what happened with him, though I would never want to repeat it, I would not be who I am as a person or as a therapist today if I had not experienced it. I came face to face with me with my wounds. Sounds mm-hmm. so cliche, but it's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely true. Because I remember lying there one time curled up in a fetal position and saying, what is wrong with me? Why can't I be loved? Well, who's talking there? That's a very, 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 very young child. And, um, and I learned that these were this is what was keeping me going. Con- continuing to pursue this person that wouldn't give me what I what I deserved what I needed and that's
1: that's that goes back again where does that go back to but to my childhood and and you know what you had mentioned to me that sometimes the abuse that we go through sheds light on where we are wounded to begin with and where we need to place our focus to heal that's what I'm saying absolutely
2: yes yes Yes. and that's that's painful (laughs) that's a painful place that's a very and sometimes we don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole but I, I came to a realization that I was either going to really, really do something and get better or I was going to, I was, I was giving up my life, I was, it was, a, it was horrible. So I started working with a therapist and I, she's the first um, therapist that I uh, really, really connected with And and it's hard when you are a therapist, you know. Oh, I'm sure. So um, and I trusted her, and it took time, and uh, we started working on this stuff, and I I I I began to think in ways I had never thought before, and to recognize what was truly going on with myself, you know how I was really w- what this was really about. It's not about him. It's it, it, it he was like a like a mirror.
0: It was mm-hmm. about me,
2: and and that was
1: the perfect it was a perfect storm, so to speak. So. So in that, we like a lot of people have problem with setting boundaries. Now, we know that with the toxic personality, the minute we set a boundary, that is us taking control, which then makes them feel insecure, right? So we, a lot of the people that I work with really have problem with setting boundaries. It does not come easy because it's always a fight. So when you go through this healing, tell us, tell us how you learn to start setting boundaries that were fair and that were safe. I'll tell you the first thing that comes to my mind.
2: I learned how to start setting boundaries when I began to believe that I deserved to do it. In other words, I used to always think in terms of, I can't have, well, I have to do this because I can't have this person uncomfortable. I can't have this person hurting. I'll take care of it. I'll do it. I'll be it even and if I, I even if we're uncomfortable and hurting. Absolutely. E- completely. Yes. So what I what I what I what I started to believe, started to care enough about me that I don't I realized I grew up in a way that I learned how to cope with hurting. I didn't want to keep myself hurting anymore. Keep
1: myself uncomfortable anymore. I didn't want to do that anymore. So so, so the, what you're saying is is where you made the turning point in that was when once you realized that you deserve to be happy and healthy as opposed to trying to give happy and healthy to other people. Absolutely. Yes. That's I love that's, that. that's exactly it. Yes. So I think that that you can relate to this too. You know, I know in my experience, uh, once I once I was out of the longest toxic relationship that I was in, I think I kind of went out of that relationship with blinders on and I literally think I was like, Oh good. I'm so glad I'm out of that. Now everybody else is still good. And I, I walked into two or three friendships that blindsided me because, because it wasn't an intimate or a partnership type relationship. I walked right into two or three friendships that were literally exactly the same. So now obviously since I've been doing a lot of this type of stuff. I can recognize, you know, the toxic traits very quickly and make a decision in my life on who's going to be in my inner circle and who's not. But I used to just let everybody in my inner circle. And then I always say, then I spent the rest of my life trying to kick them out. So, so moving forward, how do you navigate relationships, both intimate and friend wise and coworker wise and family wise once you heal and you know what you deserve. How do you start navigating some of those other relationships in your life? Well, for me, I had a
2: lot of long-standing like relationships that I formed, like a lot of us form relationships in our earlier, you know, earlier years. And we can have those friendships. They get to be like, they're, they're just, they're there. They're our friends, right? And they're just our friends. And I think I had not thought about, well, is this friendship benefiting me? Not benefit, not in a
1: selfish way, like I want to be there just for my benefit, but mutually beneficial. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I think maybe this is the wrong way to describe it, but they become friends friendships out of obligation. That that does that 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 does happen.
2: Yes, and I think out of old ways, um, old habits die hard, as they say. There, there's um. Uh, I I had a friend who I'd been friends with since I think I was 19 years old and um, who I was at 19 and for many years after that is a different person than I really became and I found myself interacting with this person and when I would get done interacting I would feel really really like like why that didn't feel good like why didn't that feel good gee that felt like a put down gee you know I don't know and uh it started becoming pretty chronic, and mm-hmm. um, so I've 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 started um, I've 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 that relationship ended, um, uh, which needed to end because again it 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 was it became toxic for me it was it
1: mm-hmm. was it was it was uh, it was toxic for me. I think, you know, what you're, what you're saying and correct me if I'm wrong, you really started paying attention to how your body felt when you were around different people. Absolutely. Because, because once you, once you can start really listening to your body, your body knows where you're safe and where you're not safe very quickly. But, you know, like you say, you grew up in it. You were in it so much that it felt so normal to you that you didn't know the difference until you were out of it long enough to find some peace and calmness. And then you could start feeling that in uncomfortableness when you were around other people.
2: Yeah. And I think in being raised in a dysfunctional environment, you kind of come out of that feeling like you can't trust, like what, it, like you, you get told that what you're thinking isn't really true and what you're seeing isn't really true. So you come out of that, like you're thinking, well, wait a minute, nah, that must be me. And you discount this kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, I, I came to the conclusion that if it doesn't feel good to me that's that's enough that's okay they can be great people they can go and be great people with somebody else you know uh, but they're not great people with me um,
1: and, and, and you know once you learn to set boundaries too it doesn't mean that you have to cut them completely out you just interact with them a lot differently
2: Yeah it depends who they are it depends yep. what the relationship is you know, that is, that is correct. I have, um, I have a sister who um, is um, many, many, she's 18 years, my senior. And um, so she's elderly now, and she's got a, uh, she's, she's got a personality disorder. And I was the, I was at the end of, I was at the, um, I was, you know, I want to say a victim of that for years, so to speak. And uh, things have happened through the years. And most recently, um, an event occurred in which she, you know, she just decides not to talk or whatever. And she approached me and said she was sorry for her part. And I made the decision and it was, it was not an easy decision though, but I made the decision to say that at this point, I do not want to Uh re-engage and I may, you know, who knows in the future, but right now I, I don't wish to, and that was huge for me. I don't want to jump back into their frying pan, you know? Yeah, Um, I don't blame you. Is it somewhat a little painful? It's sad. It's sad. Yeah. But it just kept repeating and repeating and repeating. And um, so yeah, and as far as um intimate relationships, I think (laughs) that's interesting because um, you know, I've I've started a relationship I've been in since March. And um I find myself um I'm, I'm very aware now of the of the types of thoughts that I have that really work against me. Uh, for instance, like, you know, the thing of, are you in story or are you in truth? So the stories we get so used to telling ourselves when something happens um, can really, really wreak havoc with our happiness. Like for instance, say somebody that you're seeing says this or says that, or does this, does that. And, the, and, and, and then from your history, you will, uh, I wonder what that means and then you know you take this whole story and I've learned to catch myself like now stay out of that story stay in the here and now you know Mm -hmm. and um and 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 that's helped me that's helped me tremendously um just I, I I I'm kind of stuck for words here as to I I I found that I had a little bit of P- I guess you call it PTSD in first entering into this relationship, mm-hmm. this new relationship, because I kept at one point, I remember getting, a, I had, we, we had texted something and then he didn't respond and it didn't go through. And I, I went right to that boom, like, like right Zam to yep. that. He's, worst, he's worst case yes, scenario. Yes, he's, it's silent treatment, like, because yeah. that's exactly what happened
1: to me um, before. I actually, I actually um, spoke to somebody this week and I had a long conversation with her. She's a client of mine. And um, I had talked to her about a year ago when she was in a very bad relationship and she is in a healthy relationship now, but what's happening to her is exactly what you're talking about. And how I had to describe it is, you know, we are never really allowed to express our feelings when we're in those type of situations. And then when we move forward with, you know, if it's the PTSD or if it's the triggers or whatever we want to call them, we tend to make the next person somewhat pay for what the last person did because of because of the way we've been thinking, you know, like you said, they don't text back. We immediately assume the worst case. When When, honestly, when it's a healthy situation, We have to, we have to learn the difference between, you know, allowing them to be themselves and wanting to prevent the hurt to happen again. And I, I mean, we talked about this extensively yesterday that this isn't the same relationship. So you have to stay in your mind, whether like you just said, Laura, and I love the way you said it, whether you're living the story part or you're living the truth and you know, if this new relationship that seems healthy right now ends up not being healthy, that's okay too. Because, because everything happens exactly like it's supposed to. So if something enters your life, there's a lesson in there somewhere. Oh, there's always a, there's always, and, a, always yep, a- yep. And what she, what she realized is, yep. Everything that she was not allowed to, ex- you know, not allowed to express her feelings, not allowed to stand up for herself. Um, She was she was actually overdoing it with this new healthy relationship and basically driving this relationship into the ground by doing that. So we're really working with her on, you know, we we have to learn that we have to give this person the benefit of the doubt, even though we always gave the last person the benefit of the doubt. So there's this fine line between, you know, the trust and the respect and the where do I allow myself to be vulnerable
2: yeah, I found that that, that, that fortunately, was short-lived for me. I, I, did, I did the freak out, you know, and, and was open enough to share with him that's what happened, and that's why, and I'm working on that. And it hasn't happened since, and I love what you just said about allowing the person to be who they are because who, we, we can create who that person is. It, we, we do that within our minds based on our experience, and that has nothing to do with reality. And I've learned that in in, in, in in with respect to this person, there's a lot of different dot, lot of different things, and so far um, things are going very well. So um, good. So, but so the, the, the thing that I think is most important for me right now, Heidi, is that if they sh-
1: if they shouldn't, I don't feel like what's wrong with me. Yeah, so. yes. You, See, so you've made that transition. If if this relationship doesn't fit. We don't want to force relationships anymore. We deserve to have a relationship that's not forced. That's right. Just like with friends and all and all of that. That's right. Um, so, as you know, because you know we have spoken a couple times in the last year, when we are going through the healing process, it is it is not always fun. You don't always feel like you're moving forward. It's very jerky, up and down for a while. So. How did you handle that, what what a lot of people call the emotional roller coaster when you're going through that healing? Because, you know, you have a great day and you're feeling good. And then the next two days, you feel like you've gone all the way backwards to the beginning. So what did you put into place to get you through going, Okay, I know this is just I'm still making progress. This is just a speed bump.
2: I tend to be someone who loves to listen to like I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I would tend to go to things that would feed my mind, the things that kind of gave me that 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 that. I I think I don't know that I that I that I felt that I'd gone back to square one. Um, I I think that also has to do with the therapist I saw. Um, when I was going through more periods like that, I would increase the times, you know, the amount of um, sessions also mm-hmm. um, that that we had. Um, I think I learned, she, she helped me to, the, the idea of giving yourself grace of like, okay, so this is coming up. And I think I just believed the whole time this was part of the healing process because I truly... You know, I'm a, I am a, a mental health counselor. i aware of this, you know, so I know certain things that it, it isn't straight line like what you just said. It's just not. And so, what it, what it, what am I learning from where I'm at now? Like, I'm I'm going back. I'm experiencing this pain. So, what is going on? I think, and I I tell people get very curious. Get very curious with yourself instead of condemning yourself. Get curious with yourself. Ha. Huh wonder why I'm feeling this. Why is this happening? What's going on? Is there, and, and can I, can I name something inside myself or a belief, like a core belief or a, or a, or, a, or a, a wound or such what's mm-hmm. happening? What is happening in here? And I, I think that was helpful to me. Like I didn't yeah, I, look at it as stagnation or, or
1: regression, so to speak. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you said is, is you believe that this is the ups and downs is part of the healing process. So, oh, those okay. of so yes. those of the listeners who are in the middle of this, where you feel like you're treading water, that it, it is part of it. And um, this is where i I learned,, uh, my kids think I'm nuts, but i I found that talking to myself, I could really talk myself through some of these, talking out loud to myself because it's almost like you're talking to a friend. If I could hear myself going through the process of figuring out, you know, why are you feeling this way? Are you overthinking? Getting back to the truth. And to to this day, when something's bothering me, I talk to myself and my kids. I can never get away with it because they're like, mom, what's the matter? Oh, nothing. Yeah, because you're you're talking to yourself. And I, it's a practice that I've learned that really, really works, really works well for me to just get me back on the, the level ground of. Everything's going to be fine. This is part of it, you know, because I'm 13 years out, kind of like you. And there's still things that pop up that I can't believe that it still affects me the way that it does. So sometimes I get frustrated with myself because I feel like you should be over this by now. And some of the stuff just doesn't go away that fast.
2: That's exactly right. And that's where, that's where, that, that, that's where grace comes in. That's where grace comes in. And, you know, just being kind, kind, you know, to ask yourself at any given time, so how can I be kind to myself right now? Mm You know, because it's not just the, you know, the reactions that come back, but I think what, what really hurts us even more is, is our judgment of ourselves for when that happens. Right?
1: Yes. I agree, and the humiliation yeah. of oh my gosh, did that just happen?
2: And what does that go back to? And that goes back to some of the things we learned in childhood, where we, you know, we critiqued ourselves or others critiqued us, and so we're doing that to ourselves. And you know, we don't want to do that. Um, I talk to myself all the time, and I think I I don't know where I learned this, but I, I heard it somewhere that if you actually use your own name to yourself, your brain listens better. <laughs> because mm-hmm. you say you say your name you know like uh you know Heidi such and such and the, and, 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 and so I, I I have been utilizing that um and in a funny story now that you know um I I people do are, are, are with the masks with the with the COVID I I found that when I was out in public and I want to talk to myself nobody would know because I had the hey. mask.
1: On. <laughs> perfect I love that yeah that's that's good yes and and um I, I'm going to use the part that you said about our, is this the story or is this the truth? Because we overthink everything and, and you really have to learn to slow down when those, you know, not such good days happen because our brains will run away with us.
2: Yes. And we believe what we tell ourselves and that's, 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 it's, there's that saying, don't believe everything you think. That's completely, completely true. And another thing I think important is when, is to watch who we, who we look, to for advice or her, we, you know, that th- th- we need to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so, well, and I think one of the reasons, you know, you need to be careful with that is, um, and you and I, you and I definitely understand this. Some, if someone hasn't gone through something like this, it's very difficult for them to understand your situation. So when you confide in people like that and, and the feedback you get is, well, if it's so bad, why don't you leave? Or how come you're still there? Or, you know, those, those people have not experienced it. And oh, when I, you I, talk I, about I, being, being choosy on who you confide in and who you receive advice from, I think, you know, cause as soon as you hear something like, well, how come you're still there immediately, it makes you feel like there's something wrong with you again. That you is know? one of that that
2: that that is one of the ways that I recognize certain things, toxicity and friends. And I've had I've had people say I had people say, "Well, I I just don't
1: understand. I would never do that." Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For so. sure. So so what is anything else you want to tell the listeners? What is the piece of advice that you'd like the listeners to know or something that you wish you knew sooner that could benefit them in the situations that they're in right now? I really believe that the, that
2: the, the delving into our past, into our beliefs about ourselves, into our childhood wounds is, is really the key, um, you know, along with coping skills in the here and now and all. But I think because those are the areas we get grabbed in where we're not healed is where we're going to be, you know, be nabbed, so to speak. Um, and when we heal, we, we actually, we get to a point where we don't want and healings, we, you know, it's kind of lifelong, right? Oh, for sure. Um, but, but you do get to a point where it's, 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 you feel better, you feel much better. And you get to a point where you believe that you are deserving of not living a life of pain. Um, um, I think that changes so much, and and again, I think that comes from from childhood, from our from our wounds,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: sometimes the wounds can be from later in life, but generally childhood. So that that's tough work, but to find a therapist that you really and, and another thing I I will say is to be very be very um you know when you when you when you go into relationship with a therapist, you want to find a therapist who you. It, you have that feeling, you know, that, 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 that good feeling, not that, you know, um, you don't want to be, you don't want to be in the same kind of relationship, right? With therapist, as you can be in codependent with someone else. So, you know, a therapist is not there to tell you what to do, or how things are going to go, or any of this kind of thing. So you you, you, you want to
1: be, you want to be aware of that. And, and in that, it has changed the way you practice you know, the experiences that you've gone through has made made you, you know, who you are in practice. And that's awesome.
2: I couldn't offer to people what I do if I hadn't been through this, because you can't, I'm not saying somebody can't be of help, but unless you have experienced this
1: kind of abuse, you don't have a clue. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for being on here today. I know it took a little while for us to get scheduled, but um, the listeners are really going to benefit from what you've had to say today. If anybody has questions for Laura, you can email them to me and I will get them um, get them to her and um, we'll, we'll get you the answers on that. So thank you, Laura, for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for And asking. I wouldn't be surprised if people want to hear more from you. So I will be in touch. Okay, Heidi. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening and sharing this podcast with others. Looking for a community that understands? Join our Facebook support group, Strength Within. For more information on all the services Dr. Heidi provides, please visit www.coachingwithdrheidi.com. It's time for you to break free. Because it's not normal. It's toxic.